Welcome to Westworld FM. My name is Alex, and I'm here with a special bonus episode ahead of tonight's season finale of Westworld Season 1. I got a chance to sit down with Kate Renee Gleason, who has appeared in several episodes of Season 1 of Westworld. So, here's that interview right now. Kate Renee Gleason plays the surveillance tech in several episodes of HBO's Westworld, and her credits include roles on Grey's Anatomy and Castle, among many others. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Alex. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Of course. My pleasure. Uh, So just to get a little bit on you, uh, I I know that you kind of grew up a little bit here in Michigan, and then you ended up in Philadelphia. Is that correct? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to high school in a suburb of Philly, and then um, I went to college in Virginia. I was in New York for about five years, and um, I loved New York, but I knew I'd have to come out to L.A. because back then they weren't doing a lot of TV and film stuff in New York. So I've been in L.A. for about 12 years now, but I still go back to Michigan a couple times a year. Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, well, yeah, welcome to the Midwest Podcast Network. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I also saw that you started acting and, and singing in high school. Did you have any uh, uh, favorite roles when you were in high school that you played? Um, you know, looking back, it's funny. I didn't love doing this show when I was actually doing it. But looking back, I had a lot of fun doing um, Bye Bye Birdie. I played Kim McAfee. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but um, she's like this kind of like cheerleadery type like 1950s girl and that's kind of opposite of me <laughs> but um i looking back i had a lot of fun doing it i was pretty stressed at the time you know because you're a kid and your friends are all watching you and listening to you sing but looking back i was like that was actually a really fun show and guys and dolls was also a really fun show to be in but i was just in the chorus on that one so okay yeah it's always interesting when you're in high school trying to push yourself out of those those boundaries a little bit uh, yeah, and we didn't have, uh, you know, that where I went to high school, actually, I, I don't know if you know Melanie Mayron, she's, um, she was on a show called 30 something for a long time. And she's now a director in a lot of television. And she actually went to my high school. And it's funny, because our high school didn't have a lot of funding for the arts. And I remember the big deal was that she came back and did a talk with us one day at the like 10 people in the theater department. So uh, that was the exciting moment of my, uh, <laughs> of my upbringing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. The only uh, legend around here in Michigan that I know of, at least in my parts, is that I think Booger from Revenge of the Nerds went to high school here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeff Daniels does live kind of close. So yeah, that's true, that. too. That's true, too. And now there's me, Alex. I mean, uh, come on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's get into Westworld a little bit here. Uh, so from what I understand, the pilot of the show was filmed like two years ago. So yeah. you're in episodes four, six, and eight. Uh, can you talk about like how the timeline of when those were made? <laughs> well, um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, yes, the pilot who actually a friend of mine was in the pilot, I think he ended up getting cut out, but I remember him shooting it like a while back. And then when they called me to do um, an audition for it, it was like, almost a, I think it was a year later. Um, and I actually shot episode four last fall. I think it was in October, uh, maybe November. And then, um, originally it was just slated to be like, you know, like a one episode thing. And then they brought me back in for episode six, which I think was in November, December. Okay. Um, and episode eight, I didn't actually go to set. I did, um, looping in the, you know, like a voice booth for the sound and they use clips from another episode. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that, but since the episode <laughs> aired, who cares? But yeah. that's why you only, you only, you only hear me really in that episode. You don't really see, I think you see the back of my head cause they yeah. clip 
from her episode. Uh, but I do know that they took, when I was shooting in the fall, they told me that they were already a few months behind. Yeah. And uh, they were supposed to wrap shooting all of the episodes by the end of the year. So since they were on episode four, I knew that wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I heard that they, um, uh, I read in the trades that they had taken a break at the beginning of the year to re- rewrite or rework the last couple of episodes. I also think there's a lot of scheduling issues when you're working with huge stars like, you know, Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris. And, Absolutely. you know, it's. It's, it's insane trying to schedule those people. If you're going over schedule and you can't go to your original calendar, you've got to accommodate all of them. So, does yeah. that help? <laughs> no, and not to mention that, but also uh, the show kind of strives a little bit on the Groundhog Day effect of like you're seeing the same thing with little minute differences in between each take. So the idea yeah. that they kind of have to go back and refilm the same scene months later and, yeah. and match everything that's that's pretty insane and that's yeah there's some people working really hard making sure that, that matches the continuity people are yeah. like they are bomb on that show because you i don't know if you feel like it but when i watch it i'm like wow that's it's exact like every hair is in place and everything else absolutely and then that that's one of the things uh, we'll we'll, t- we'll maybe talk a little bit about the theorizing about the show later but i think that's <laughs> one of the things is that people are like man the continuity people are so good here that if there is anything that's just a little out of place it's making people kind of doubt everything yeah. about what they're thinking so that's yeah. uh that's awesome um so and then this is a nolan and abrams project so i'm sure that production is pretty secretive but did did you can you talk to whether or not you received like a full script or did you just kind of get your lines or how did that oh yeah it was so secretive um it was i mean i literally had no idea what was happening i had actually seen the original movie um which michael Crichton was the first thing he ever directed back in like i think 73 or something like that yep um wow i knew that amazing uh, <laughs> can you tell i'm a trivia nerd anyway i uh, i had seen the movie so i had an idea of what you know what the concept was but when i went in for the audition i literally had my lines and um who ended up being you know stubs luke hemsworth had yeah. his lines and that was that was it and they would not give a script to anyone anything that was in the in the scene that didn't have to do directly with me was blacked out or was cut out wow so you know, you show up to set and you, you, you know, in a way it's, it's fine. You know, when you're doing a role like mine where you're there to service the main cast, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but it is, you did like start to wonder. And in a way I was grateful because the more, you know, the more likely you are going to let something slip. And that's a big problem these days because, you know, people post everything everywhere and you can get fired, no problem for you know putting the putting the wrong thing out in the world and letting people know things. So, and even when I went in to do, um, I went in to do not just the looping I had talked about for episode eight, but also ADR for some things in uh, the other episodes that were unclear or needed to be redone, you know, dubbed and, and post. They were joking about, oh, we're gonna have to put your blinders on because you have to watch yourself on screen to match your lip movements, you know, to say the words. <laughs> yeah. But they were joking about, we're going to put your blinders on so you can't see what the final cut looks like. <laughs> you might get in trouble. I mean, they were kidding, but only half kidding because it was everything was tied down so tight. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So I, my next kind of follow-up question was, did, did you have to sign any kind of non-disclosure agreement about any of that? Or can you talk about that? Or They never actually made me sign anything. However, um, you know... On a show like this, actually, I'm pretty tight-lipped about everything I do because it's just not worth the risk to me to blab about it. 
like, you know, you'll see it eventually anyway. And I'd rather have people see it on the screen than have heard me already talk about it. I like the element of surprise. So like, you know, even a commercial I did, I didn't tell anybody what was happening in that. Um, cause it's, yeah, I just want people to have the experience of their own, but yeah, I, uh, I didn't have to actually sign anything, but they did, um, send documents, you know, outlining the fact that we were not allowed to post anything on social media. There were no, there were no phones allowed on set because no cameras. Yeah. Like I, I had to leave everything in my trailer, which was, you know, fine for me, but that's kind of unusual. Usually they'll at least let you bring your phone to set in case you have downtime. So they were very, um, although they didn't make me sign anything, they were very clear that you better behave yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I was fine with that. <laughs> that. That makes sense. I mean, and, you know, like you said, if they're blacking out lines in the script, then, then they're they're trying to do that job without needing you to sign anything, you know? Yeah. Well, and they did have us read, you know, they did send like, I think through my manager, they sent a document saying you understand that you will not blah, blah, blah. So I did, they did have a document, but I didn't, I don't think I actually signed anything. Yeah. Um, it's an NDA agreement, I guess. Okay. But again, for me, it's no problem because I don't post anything until the day of something airing. Yeah, that's good. And especially with HBO, you know, the Game of Thrones rumors of oh, like, yeah. let's see who's in Ireland today. And then they're like, oh, they must be back this season. That's, yeah. People are crazy. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you love you love the fan base because everybody gets so excited and that generates yeah. the, you know, the the show keep to keep going but um as an actor i don't i don't want to mess with any of my possible future stuff so yeah that makes sense uh so uh i did want to talk a little bit about some of the scenes that you had you you do end up uh you end up at a lot of the crucial points of the episode which is pretty awesome you you get to (laughs) you get to deliver some information to either uh luke hemsworth playing ashley stubbs or jeffrey wright playing bernard and Mm -hmm. and and i thought that that was really cool so I did want to ask you some of the the logistics about it. You you tend you're sitting most of the time, or you're sitting in front of like a console, or you have like a little iPad thing. Did they? Mm-hmm. Did they, is there anything on there for you to act off of, or was it all just kind of added in post? Um. Well, technically speaking, they kind of have to add it in post because it doesn't show up correctly on a camera when you're yeah. when you're shooting. But they did show me on like the the post. Uh, what do they call it? After Effects? I think it's After Effects department yeah. that does that. The gentleman who was going to be doing that stuff and who designed it was on set, so he would show me on his tablet what I was supposed to be seeing. Okay. Ahead of time, so I had a concept of what was happening, you know, and I knew what to do on you know on my screen. But you know, yes, everything was added in After Effects because again, you can't. The way the cameras, the film cameras work, you can't actually have it live. Yeah, that makes sense. It like pixelates or something. So, um, in in terms of like when you were discussing with him what the interface kind of looked like, were were you just kind of pressing things and they would make it fit you later, or or did you kind of have marks or anything there to know where things would be? Um, there were no marks. There was a little bit of both, a little bit of, okay, here's what you're going to, here's what you're supposed to be looking at and here's where you would be touching. Um, and then some of it was like, okay, just, you know, hit some buttons on the panel, (laughs) but I'm not going to get in trouble and giving away the magic. Do your people actually want to hear this? You're taking all the magic away. I, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. So, you know, Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a combination. So, you know, they would say, like, this is the part where you are going to, you know, send in the, you know, cavalry. Okay. <laughs> so, um, they, so they'd be like, so hit a couple buttons to send in the cavalry, and I would do that. Um, you know, nothing in particular, but, like, there's um, 
there's another section, like, I don't remember what the line was, but they were like, and the button for that is right in the middle here. So there were no marks because, you know, for post, they need it clean. Yeah. But uh, they would tell me what to do or they would say, it's up to you wherever you want it, you know, whatever's comfortable, what seems, you know, okay. seems right. So very cool. Very cool. I always think about that, especially in terms of like, like Minority Report or something like that, where yeah. you see these insane <laughs> interfaces. It's like, are they just waving their hands around and then adding it all later, or what's going on? So. <laughs> well, we're not totally waving our hands around. <laughs> we do have some motivation and direction. But yeah, just, just you know, logistically, the technicals, you can't... Uh, there are some... I have done some shoots where they have stuff on the screen for you. Yeah. Um, but it's usually if it's a still screen. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um. And then I, I wanted to know, so in episode four, you're, you're talking with Luke's Hem, Luke Hemsworth. How awesome was it to work with Luke Hemsworth? <laughs> Luke's funny. You know, he's an Aussie, so yeah. you know, he's very, like, kicked back and, like, whatever. Um, yeah, he was cool. You know, it's funny, that scene, you know, I'm down in, I call it the pit. I don't know what they actually call it on the show, but yeah. I'm, like, down in the pit when I'm talking to him, and he's all up on the thing. So we didn't really interact directly too much, like, you know, face-to-face, literally, yeah. unless we were sitting in chairs waiting or when we were getting mic'd up to go in and you know he's super nice just casual laid-back guy and um it's like a that whole set honestly was a very relaxed um you know hat like up energy everybody was obviously being treated well and everybody was enjoying their job because you can tell when you go on a set if there's something off so you know, he was just part of that whole like relaxed energy. And as an actor is coming out as a day player, that's always so nice to like come on a set. That's, you know, everybody seems to be chill because then you're chill also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like if I were to think about it, not that I'm any kind of actor, but it would be really easy for me to just <laughs> like start freaking out being like, oh, my God, Jeffrey Wright's here. Like what? what yeah. I, I don't do this and like that kind of thing. So it's cool yeah. when everybody kind of eases into it and. Well, you still have your moments where you're like, oh, my God, is well, this yeah. really my life now? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with some some pretty big stars, like, early on in my TV career. So, um, you know, like Mandy Patinkin and um, Kiefer Sutherland. And yeah. I, so I – and not to say that I never get a little starstruck, but I just make sure that I have my shit together. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in a podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I just, like, go over my lines over and over and over and make sure, like, I don't want to be the one that holds up the day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's where my nerves come in. Like, I just don't want to screw up. That's all. Yeah. Know? No, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh, so then, real quick, in episode six um, – I wanted to ask you really quick. That's the that's the episode where we get Lee Sizemore urinating on the big table that's in the, the candle. <laughs> no, that's not me. <laughs> you you were not there. No, I am not there. Okay. Unless they added me in later, and I didn't know. But no, I wasn't there for that shoot. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. There's might be some splashback going on there. Yeah, um, no, I think they had a background actor that kind of looked similar to me because you're not the only person who's asked me that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then uh, that was also the episode that you get to reveal to Jeffrey Wright that uh, there are no hosts or anything in Sector 17. So so Jeffrey Wright, I feel like, well, everybody on the show is doing an amazing job of kind of uh, acting robotic when they need to and acting human when they need to and that kind of thing. So how, how awesome was it to, to work with Jeffrey Wright as well? 
Um, honestly, that was amazing. And I have to say he, and I told him this like on set, like a little bit later, not when I first met him, cause that's kind of crazy, but, <laughs> um, I, I actually had seen him. He was, uh, he did my very favorite show when I used to live in New York, I used to go to theater all the time. He did the, my very favorite show I've ever seen on Broadway, which is called top dog underdog. It's a two man show. It was him and most staff. And, um, it's a little, I was just super excited to work with him just cause I know he's a, He's just a very intense sort of serious actor. And he is like that. Like, you're not going to sit around like you are with Luke Hemsworth and talk about what beer you drink, you yeah. know, and that's totally fine. No problems. But he is like a different kind of animal. So it was great to work with him. And he's got so much um, just he's got so much going on under the surface all the time. And I think that serves his role so well. Uh, I really it was a pleasure to work with him. But we weren't sitting around chit chatting. That's for sure. It was, yeah. you know, we, we were doing actor stuff when we were together. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Um, all right. And then so I had a few other questions. I, I'd say what would you say that you found difficult in in, uh, in performing this role? Like you don't get a ton of screen time, but you are there to serve these very important purposes. Mm-hmm. And kind of like what are you doing to leave your mark on the scene without trying to like, you know, obviously blow the blow, blow your role out of the water and make it not what they want it to be. How do you, how do you handle that? You know, um, this is something that, that like day player actors struggle with all the time, especially when we go in for the original audition, like we want to like stand out. Right. Yeah. But honestly, you can't, you have to just show up and, and service the, the rest of the cast or service the story. So all I do is, you know, like I said, make sure that I'm not the one that's holding up the show. I know what's going on for me and my character in the scene. And I understand as much as I can, what my relationship is with, you know, the, the people I'm working with. Like when I did that scene with, um, with Jeffrey Wright in episode six, I knew he was kind of a boss of mine, but I didn't know what our relationship was. So I kind of generated my own history and background for it to hopefully, you know, kind of fill in the underneath gaps so that when we spoke, there was something else there, not just me saying lines and him saying lines. So for me, that's really all I feel like I can do as an actor when you're, when you're doing a role like that is to, you know, establish for yourself what you think is important uh, and just feed that into your lines. But if you do anything crazy, they're going to fire you. <laughs> they will fire you. <laughs> like, why is that guy still staring at the camera? Like, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. And I assume it's like with what you said, with all the lines being blacked out, it's kind of, it's kind of hard for you to inform that with anything that they're giving you anyway. So you have to kind of, I suppose that's the real skill is making it feel real while not, without the with the huge lack of information that you have yeah well and even especially on a show like this that a hadn't aired yet and b there were no real like the promo reels were like there was nothing in them so yeah you know i couldn't usually if you go in for a show that's been airing you can like watch an episode and be like oh okay jeffrey wright plays this guy and this is what he does in the show and so you know who you're working with but on a show like this is brand new and you can't get the script you're really kind of uh, you know mining your own actor stuff to to put something in there and and hope that it's the right thing and if you have a good director which we had great directors there were i think a different director in every episode there was yeah. a different director on my episodes but they're all you know they're all top of their game and they know what they're doing so if you're going the wrong direction they'll just say okay hey you know let's tweak this a little bit um but 
Does that make sense? No, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes absolutely. I start talking about actor stuff and like I go off a trail and I'm like, I have no idea if I just answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I, I think so. Um, so then w- did you have any particular favorite experience, experience on the set that you, you know, you look back fondly on, on working on Westworld other than the idea that you're working on Westworld in the first place? Um, I have a, I have something funny. I probably shouldn't tell this. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll matter now, but, um, cause it's already aired, but you know, I was in, <laughs> I wouldn't say this is a favorite moment, but it's just kind of entertaining. Yeah. I was in the, um, hair and makeup trailer getting my, getting, you know, getting my hair and makeup done. Hey, mm-hmm. and uh, I looked over and there was just all this, <laughs> You can cut this out if you want. It might be too much. Um, <laughs> there was all this like fake hair and stuff over on it. And I was like, oh, I was like, what's going on over there? And the, the woman who was working on me said, oh, we're making all of the Merkins for the um, for the next scene. And I don't know if you know what a Merkin is, but uh, yeah. if you don't, it's like, a, it's like a toupee for your privates. Yes. That's a very so eloquent I'm, way to put that. Oh, I'm just sitting next to a bunch of Merkins. It's cool. <laughs> it was just funny, and she's like, "Don't mind those. We, we're just still work, we're working on them in between." <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, but really, my favorite part of working on the show was just um, what I've kind of said already is that the set was just so nice, and everyone was so good at what they're doing, and obviously having you know having an eat not an easy job, but you know it was an easy vibe, and everybody. Um, it's like sitting there, I used to say, everybody was making the same show. So everybody was on board and, you know, you know, the right hand was shaking the left hand and it, I just felt like a, it just felt like a well-oiled machine. And for a show that hadn't like, it had, was in its first season, that's pretty amazing. And I think it's just cause they hired really exceptional people to work on the show. And that makes such a difference. Yeah. You know, you, you got seasoned people, uh, you know, Brian Burke and JJ Abrams, not only that, but then Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, like everybody there. I think everybody would be like, I would love to work for those people. <laughs> so, totally, and and both um both of them were on set. Um, Jonathan and Lisa were both on set and like introduced themselves to me, which may sound normal, but it's not. Like normally, you don't. It's they sit over in Video Village and watch the, you know watch the stuff, but they actually came by my trailer and said hello. And I thought, this is like, I love it. This is this is my this is what I want my career to look like for the rest of. <laughs> let's keep doing this it's really great it was like even though it wasn't like a family you could feel like the sense of community and everybody just trying to make an awesome show and i feel like it worked yeah that's i i would say everybody pulled it off it's pretty spectacular yeah uh so i guess that's my final my final question in terms of uh are you keeping up with the show i am okay mm-hmm. so we're what i just so everybody understands i don't know exactly when this episode's gonna be out but we are. We have not yet seen the finale, and I wanted to ask you if you could f- confirm or deny whether or not you are in episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I'm supposed to say, but on IMDb, it does not say that I am in episode ten. Okay, that's a very diplomatic answer that you just gave. <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so I had a few fun questions for you. I wanted to know if you were visiting Westworld, do you think you'd be more of a William White Hat? good guy or a logan black hat bad guy oh man (laughs) you know can i be both (laughs) yeah i'm somewhere in the middle both i think you know i'm probably in my life like i'm more of a white hat kind of person yeah 
But, um, you know, a little debauchery now and again is not so bad. In terms of, like, killing people, that's probably not my jam. Um, <laughs> I am from Michigan, so I can shoot a gun quite well, but yep. it's not what I choose to do personally. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think maybe, you know, white hat and a little debauchery on the side. That that's makes it. sense. You know, the park's going to seduce you in some way. It's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and then uh, I wanted to know if you were a host in Westworld, uh, just theoretically, I'm not saying this is true or that you are or anything in the show, but if you were, what would you want your storyline to be or what kind of purpose would you want to serve in the park? Oh, gosh. You know what? To be perfectly honest, and I hope you don't think this is a cop out, but I would hope that they would totally surprise me the way they have with like everybody else. <laughs> Oh, I mean, if you if you see like Evan Rachel Wood was basically like every time I thought I knew it was happening, I would get my script and it would not be what I thought it was. Yep. You know, I, I feel like for me, that would be super fun. So um, call it a cop out if you want. But I don't know. They're so much more imaginative than I am. I just show up and do the lines. <laughs> like, yeah. let them take. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I, I remember reading uh, shortly after we found out that Bernard was was a host that uh, I think they told him after the pilot. And that's yeah, oh, they, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm they, sure. I don't think they. Maybe they didn't know. I mean, maybe they did know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know how they're they're working that. Uh, who knows their long term plan? Sometimes you know writers have it all laid out for like seasons. Yeah. And then sometimes they're like, well, let's see how it goes. And I I respect that so much. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. And then even like you said, with with a little bit of a delay that you, that they took, that you, they <laughs> were probably constantly working on stuff to figure out what would work best. So. Oh, yeah. I think that's definitely why they took that, you know, they took that hiatus. I mean, it said, you know, they were reworking the last three episodes. And I'm sure maybe they had had a bunch of I mean, this is just me guessing, but I'm sure they'd had a a bunch of ideas about how it was going to wrap in the season. And then they decided, you know, which way to go. You start doing stuff and you figure out what works and what doesn't. And then it just kind of. Just like life, Alex. Just like life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I had two other questions for you. They're hard questions, so I understand if you don't okay. have a great answer for them or, or, if you, or if you want me to throw them out completely. But I wanted what to know. What if I have a great answer? Do I get a gold star? Oh, absolutely. You know. All right. I, this <laughs> Wait is, on me. I'm I, ready. If somebody asked me these questions, I would probably just melt and then I, I don't even know what I would do. But what would you consider your dream role as an actor? Um, man, you know, um, oh, I, you know, I'm going to reference like a role that you won't know because I don't <laughs> think the movie's out yet. I just saw a screening yesterday of, um, Manchester by the sea, okay, which is a, a Kenny Lagerin film with, um, Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams. And, uh, I don't want to give much away about the movie, but, um, I, I, you know, Michelle Williams has this, it's a, it's a pretty small role, honestly. Yeah, it's just so meaty. Uh, there's just like a hundred million layers to it. So I wouldn't say there's like a specific role that I want, but what I really want is like, uh, you know, I think most actors want this, especially female actors, because there's not always a ton of great writing for us. But I just want something. It doesn't have to be huge, but if it's got something I can sink my teeth into and like really, you know, open myself up you know make myself emotionally accessible to the audience with that because for me acting is uh, about uh, impacting the audience and making them feel something or think a different way or you know or escape their problems or whatever it is for me it's like a, a like a cathartic sort of thing or a wake-up sort of thing um does that sound super cheesy and actory but it's true <laughs> no yeah i think i think anybody like it, if you marked off any of those bullet points as an actor i think you'd be happy at the end of the day you know hey, totally so yeah that's that's great 
And then the other question that I had, uh, who would be like, uh, who could you call your life complete if you had a scene with them? Like, is there one person out there that you'd be like, if I had this person in a scene with me and it's acting opposite them, my life is complete and I don't need to act anymore. Uh, who would that be? Oh God, maybe Morgan Freeman. That's a good <laughs> I don't answer. know. There's like a million people I'd like to work with, but he's the one who pops to the top of my head because, you know, he's just he's just so good at what he does. And yeah. it's so simple. I just he's amazing. But I also really love um Kate Blanchett. Uh I would love to work with her. And Michelle Williams, who I just mentioned. So Yeah. <sighs> Oh, I can't narrow it down to one, Alex. I'm sorry. I that's all right. Go. That's all right. Well, the correct answer was Anthony Hopkins, but that might actually happen. Hopefully. Well, I, I don't want to accidentally reveal something, Alex. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Well, I, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but uh, hopefully at some point you get that you get that Anthony Hopkins moment because I think I would that'd be amazing. <laughs> You know what's funny about that? I have this, um, uh, it's an actor friend that I know from years back and we're just like Facebook friends now. He sent me a message. He's like, awesome scene with Anthony Hopkins. And I was like, um, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, dude. Thanks for watching. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was like, oh, I guess you haven't seen me in person in a really long time. <laughs> I'm glad you think it could be me, kind of. I know, really. <laughs> but it, I, I didn't even say anything. I just sent him like a smiley face back because I was like, I don't know, whatever. Think what you want. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Kate, very much. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me uh is there anything that you're going to be uh, in soon that you want to plug here or do you want where where can people find you on the internet that kind of thing um well i have a couple things coming up in um in the new year uh and i think i can say it because they're on my imdb <laughs> yeah. um i'm actually i have another hbo show it's just a little part actually i would be surprised if i show up i think they might cut it but um, it's a mini series based on a book called Big Little Lies. It stars Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman. So I have a little part in that. Awesome. And um, I also have an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine coming up, which, you know, doing comedy is fun. Yeah. So uh, I can't say too much about everything, but it's on my IMDb. So I think I'm allowed to say I'm on the shows. Very cool. Well, once again, thank you very much for speaking my with me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, hey, uh, yeah, if, if you have a, if you ever want to come and talk to some film nerds, let us know. We we'll we'll love to have you on anytime. Well, I'll be out around Christmas time, so maybe we'll sort something out. There you go. Thank you everybody for listening to my interview with Kate Renee Gleason. She's at Kate Renee Gleason on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, find her there, and also check her out on IMDb. She's got several other credits. You've probably seen her in a few different things by this point. So we hope to see her again in Westworld season two and in other places as well. Once again, you can find more of our episodes on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us, westworldfm at gmail.com, to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. You can send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. You can check all of our shows out at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. And that's it for this special bonus episode. I'm excited to see what this season finale holds. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.